My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I'd like to introduce today's guest, Heidi Stout, owner and executive director of Encounter Outdoor, whose mission is to help those who have faced trauma and find healing through the outdoor activities. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you on. So I wanted to start by asking about, did you start in the outdoors or was that something you learned later on in life? Um. Yes, I started out in the outdoors. I did not start doing pretty much anything that I do now. Um, I came from a family that didn't have a ton of money. So like the outdoors was free. And so going out and exploring, camping, Mm -hmm. those were the activities that we did. So I have always loved seeing new places, um, traveling around and just that kind of adventurous spirit. Um, the rest that I can do and post out hunting, most of my fishing. I did a little fishing when I was younger, um, but skiing, golfing, that all has pretty much happened in the last five years. Nice. What got, what got you to get into the hunting full-time sort of thing? Um, the hunting really, I mean, so I'm from Arizona and moved to Idaho. Obviously, Idaho is very outdoorsy. Um, which I love, um, love the little slower paced life. Um, I got divorced about five years ago and so kind of found myself in a place trying to navigate being a single mom with four boys (laughs) who are everything outside and adventurous. And my son was like, I want to learn to hunt. Um, I have brother-in-law and sister that hunt and I'm like, okay, sure. Let's learn how to do this. So we did our hunting class um, went out that first year, which that was, I think in 2022 or no, 2021. And, um, kind of went out a couple times. I'm like, this is kind of fun. Um, and then I just kind of became obsessed <laughs> and I'm way more obsessed than he is now. And I just, um, it felt like coming home. It felt like a place I wish I would have always been. Um, and it has been, a major contributor to where I'm at in life now and um, this kind of journey that I'm on with trying to help other people too. Yeah. It's amazing how that hunting bug, once it bites you, it just either you stick with the one thing or you grow into everything else. Yeah. And I don't like to quit. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I keep going (laughs) until I get where I want to be. Now, uh, since you started in 2021, how, what have you all done hunting wise? Um, I've done most I've done this year, this year I have really dedicated a huge amount of time. My boys are a little bit older too. So it's given me a little bit of freedom as they do sports and really don't want to hang out with mom as much. <laughs> um, but I started with archery. Um, and I just, I got a used bow. I had a friend help me get a used bow. Cause I was like, well, I, I don't want to invest a ton of money if, if I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have really fallen in love with archery. 
Um, so I spend most of my time, I, September is 100% dedicated to elk. Um, I love hearing the sound of an elk bugle. There is nothing like it. I do probably, my boys go out with me when they can and, you know, as often as I can get them out. Um, but majority of my hunting has done solo. Um, and then I have dabbled in rifle season a little bit for mule deer. Um, I haven't done turkey yet. I'm hoping to do that this next year as well as bear. Um, and then so really just mostly mule deer and elk. Um, but did have a great success this year um, on my mule deer hunt and got a mountain lion. <laughs> There's a connection you don't think about when you go mule deer hunting. No. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go mule deer hunt. <laughs> Never mind. So uh, I know they say cat, a mountain lion tastes like pork. Have, did, you, did you eat the cat then? We sure did. And I have a little bit, I still have some left because it, I was shocked. I was like nervous <laughs> eating it. It's the craziest thing I've probably ever eaten besides like rattlesnake or something. But um, mm. yeah, I slow roasted that thing all day and it had no wild taste, tasted like pork. It was, I, you would never have guessed it was a mountain lion. I was shocked. It was delicious. Yeah. And safe bet is always predators cook fully. Yes. Yes. Had a good 10 hours on that thing. <laughs> Slow, low and slow, get that thing to 205 and call it a day. Yes. But yeah, that's a surprising story when you say, I went for a uh, mule deer hunt, mountain lion later. So tell the story of how that took place. Um, I had gone out um, to this location and I had saw a really good buck and I just couldn't close in on him. So I was like, okay, um, my son had a state soccer tournament in Boise which is like three hours from me and they ended up losing the tournament. And so we came home a day early. We were actually supposed to be in Boise. And so I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go out, get last day of meal, getting close to the end of meal deer. I'm going to go out, you know, and go hunt. So I went out myself and I hiked up this um, kind of steep Ridge. It was going to be the fastest way in and I'm not seeing my deer. And I'm like, gosh, you know, you always, you're already getting discouraged. I hear mm -hmm. some turkeys. I'm like, well, maybe I go get a turkey if I can't find a deer. And I was hiking along the ridge and I look over and I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, well, and let me step back. Before I went out, I had talked to my friend who's, well, knows this area really well. And she's like, Heidi, make sure you have your cat tag because there's a lot of cats in there. Mm -hmm. So it was in my mind. Otherwise, it probably wouldn't have been. But mm -hmm. I was like. I always have my cat tag because I get the sportsman's package in Idaho. So I have my bear and my, my cat tag with me all the time. So anyways, I look over and I was like, oh, that's a cat. And it's standing just right in this open area on top of this, this ridge over from me. And I'm like getting my phone out. I'm like, it's going to be gone in a second. I want to get a picture of it because it's the first cat I've seen um, since I've been hunting. And then it just sat down. And it's just sitting there and then it lays down and it's like just sunbathing on top of this ridge. I'm like, no way. I'm like, this is your chance. I, so I laid down and I could not get myself situated where I felt comfortable. And finally I got this little brick, this little bush that had like a strong enough branch that I kind of propped my rifle up on. Um, it was about, it was a 233 yard shot and I got it first thing. 
Um, it was kind of moving a little bit. So I did put a second shot in it and then it just stopped moving after that. Yeah. So I gave it a little time, had a snack, called my nerves, um, and went over and then <laughs> I really wanted my boys to see the whole cat. So I strapped the whole thing to my pack and packed it out whole. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a heavy load. It was a heavy load. It took a lot to stand up and there was times I'd take my poles and just like bend over and like rest my back for a minute. And, um, then when I got to my truck, I put my truck bed down and I literally like hiked my leg up on it <laughs> and kind of like rolled. lay down. <laughs> I'm like, if anyone's watching, I'm sure this is hilarious, but it worked and got home and yeah. they, my younger two actually helped me, um, take everything apart. And, um, I did a lot of the work myself. Um, oh, I did pretty much all of the work. They helped a little bit and then, you know, got what meat we could. It was a little smaller, a little younger, um, probably about three years old. Um, and then skinned most of it and then took it to the taxidermist so he could finish the school for me. So I didn't mess it up. Nice. I didn't want to get a full body mount on that. Um, we're tanning the hide. So right now we're just tanning until I can decide. I haven't decided. I keep looking at pictures. And so um, we're going to tan it and then I can do a full body mount it when I'm ready if I decide to. Or you do hat or just do the front quarter or so, whatever. Yeah. I couldn't tell the kids no Christmas. Mom's going to full mount her mount. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of my Christmas gift. I paid half, and my wife pays the other half for my mount for my buck this year. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, he's going up where the poster is behind me. Oh, I love that. That'll look yeah, great. She, yeah, she's put the poster up. <laughs> so, and the backpack thing—it so reminded me a little bit of my hunt. Granted, I didn't put the deer on my back or anything, but so I'd gotten two deer, and I dragged them along the property I was hunting on with paracord in my backpack. And I was the one pulling the entire time. And yeah. So the doe I had got, she was the easy one. I just pulled her all the way up. It's nothing but open field straight to the, on the private land. Uh And so I was a little out of breath, but I was good. The buck, the buck, I just did it to drag out of the woods because he actually ended up laying down the woods. I'm like, crap 188 pounds walking through the woods oh my gosh so what i end up doing was i strapped uh tied his legs together his hind legs together and then i uh tied it to the backpacks one of the straps on there latched the whole backpack to me the front clasp and everything and i marched forward <laughs> it was definitely a pull it's definitely a mental mm-hmm. game sometimes in those situations to keep going. Yep. Then the neighbor brought the golf cart over and we dragged him the rest of the way. That's awesome. Good neighbor. Yeah, uh, yeah right. <laughs> uh, anything for uh, a friend if you're going to do something at least. Yeah, those are the ones that you need to hold close. So how much does uh, the uh, combo tag that you got? cost in idaho um i think it's 142 it's right around 150 dollars. so it's got your arch mine's got my archery elk deer turkey bear mountain lion wolf and my fishing Mm -hmm. weapons 
um, all combined, which is great. Dang. Yeah. Okay. That is a real good thing. The closest mm-hmm. thing we've got is a combo pack for deer, and that's archery, crossbow, uh, muzzleloader, and firearms. Oh. Yep. We don't have wolves around here, so. That's, that's on my bucket list one day. Mine too. So what is the origin story behind why you started uh, enduring it? I think I just messed it up. Sorry, I've been up for a little while. <laughs> Encounter Outdoors. What, what started you to, on the path to go there? Yeah, I think kind of what started it uh, is definitely not where, well, I mean, I'm still part of where I'm at, but I'm definitely, it's led to a whole different journey than I expected. You know, when I started it, you know, I've always loved to write. I've always loved art and creating. Um, Long time ago, I wanted to be a designer. And so I've always had this little piece in me and I've always wanted to do a blog. I've thought about it for as long as I can remember. And when I got divorced, I kind of was like, well, you know what, I'm going to start this Instagram page and um, this blog and um, start kind of just documenting this journey with the boys and things we're doing. And I think one thing for me is find was always finding ways because there was times, you know, raising these boys that I didn't have a lot of money. And finding things to do with kids that are free and affordable um, Mm -hmm. or find ways, you know, obviously you can buy the top gear and and not start. And, um, you know, I'm learning more about gear and the better gear, but doesn't mean you don't have to start because you can't afford those things yet. Um, You know, just like me starting with a used bow, I I picked that thing up now and I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder my shots were horrible. (laughs) started and kind of got me used to it and acclimated a little bit. So, you know, that's kind of what originally started it. And I kind of dropped off for quite a while, honestly, until June of this year. Um, I said, you know, what? I had some major life things happen this year and a lot of my past trauma that really kind of came to the surface this year. And it, kind of just all was this snowball into what's happened this last half of the year, which still I look back and I'm like, what has gone on? You know, here I'm Mm -hmm. doing this and had some awesome experiences and met amazing people that have kind of encouraged me along the way. Um, And that's kind of where Project EO came out, which is, you know, Project Encounter Outdoor. Um, where really like my sole purpose now is to help people that have faced some form of trauma use mm-hmm. the outdoors to connect again with themselves and, and heal, um, which is tremendously what it did for me um, over the past five years and especially this year. Yeah. Now, just trying to get my words across in my head here. Um, what is the main driver for Project EO? What what uh, pushed you to do this in terms of yeah. a nonprofit sort of way? Um, you know, I am at this place in life. You know, I've I've chased careers and um, the money thing, and you know, at the root of it, I didn't have a piece, and I wasn't happy. 
Um, and, you know, I have past trauma. Um, you know, I had a rape in college and those were things that I didn't address mentally and emotionally figured, you know, you kind of, a lot of the way of healing these days is suck it up and move on. And that mm-hmm. doesn't quite always address um, what needs to be addressed. And then I was diagnosed um, with PTSD this year, um, which I, I feel even weird saying that because there are veterans and people that have gone through much worse trauma than me. Um, mm-hmm. But that's with the symptoms that I was having and the things that were occurring in my life. That's what we connected it with. Um And so, you know, as I address those things, and I spent a good probably three months outside just about every single day. Um, I was skiing very heavily for the beginning of this year um, because it was the one place I felt safe. Um, It was the one place I could kind of connect with myself. I took journals and I would go up on, I have this cliff um, and, um, I did some healing in that journaling out there and I would talk, obviously therapy is still really important. Um, And I just kind of like at this place had this, you know what, I want to use my bad story, which I thought it defined me and my worth and who I was. I want to use it with the outdoors to help other people know that they're not alone um, and that they can heal too. Um, that whatever happened in your story doesn't define who you are. Yeah. I know, I know a couple of people like that who've had traumas and, you know, having the outdoors help them out has been really gracious. A guy I like to talk about as a previous guest, Carson Neinheis, uh, from Hunt to Heal is his nonprofit organization out of, uh, Michigan. He was in a motorcycle accident that paralyzed him from the chest down. Mm. And he was getting to that point where it was depressing him. And so he had a buddy literally pick him up. And I love telling the story. But he literally picked him up and walked him to a blind and they just sat and watched nature. Didn't hunt, didn't do anything, just sat. And that's where he got his idea for his nonprofit too. Mm-hmm. And that healing nature is, I think a big theme and something I like to focus in on, on my podcast. I know, but it's something very good. It I think is. I just lost track of my words. No, I completely agree with what you're saying. And the more I'm diving into this, I'm obviously not an expert my, my degree is not <laughs> anything related to this, but the more I'm studying and I've been reading some um, journals, you know, from psychology and they have so many studies where I was reading one the other day where there was people that had gallbladder surgery and the ones that they had just in a like bare room brick wall, they healed half as fast as the ones that had a view of the outdoors, which is just, there's just so much of why I feel like the outdoors was created for us. And I think also too, on top of that, like learning to ski, learning to hunt, I took up golf, which is really a love hate relationship this year. Um, But 
it kind of is very empowering to learn a new skill also. So when you add in that new skill, Mm -hmm. it gives your mind something to focus on. That's why I think therapy is still, you know, just as important because it does distract you and it gives you something to focus on, release that stress, it releases better serotonin in you. So those things are important, but it's also, you know, when you come back to reality too, um, you have to still kind of address the the root issue. Um, And that's why I think, you know, long-term finding a community where you can have people that you can connect with or a group that you go out and do some events with that have maybe not necessarily the same trauma, but they've kind of been through some that you can kind of rely on that, you know, having someone that, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm having a rough day. Yeah. Let's go hike today or let's go fishing today. Um, and having that support group is, you know, long-term where I, I want to take this. Yeah. Now, do you think uh, from hit fishing and hunting, do you think fishing is a lot better for that sort of, th- uh, for healing or is it just hunting or is it just sitting in nature? Um, I think, honestly, I think even just viewing like out a window, I think anything, cause I think for everyone, obviously their trauma is different. There might be days you don't want to get out of bed. So maybe you watch something on the TV that shows some outdoors and things like that. That has shown in some of the studies I've read that that can have the same effect. Um, But I don't, I think it's different for everyone. Not everyone's going to be, I seriously think I am obsessed with everything outdoors. Like if you take me outside, I'm probably going to have a good time. Um, But not everyone, you know, not everyone's going to want to golf and things like that. So I think finding the niche that you really connect with. I like hunting's mm-hmm. an adrenaline and a challenge. So it kind of brings out a different side of me, but then fishing and archery itself, when I'm just shooting, it really relaxes me. Like you can't go and shoot your bow all frustrated. And I mean, you can, but you're going to have a, <laughs> a rough time, but you really have to breathe and calm down and just kind of be a little bit for both archery. So it, it really gives me time for reflection. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I go hunt, usually, you know, it's strenuous. I'm, you know, getting my endurance up and, and doing a different aspect. And I think each of those to me has areas that address some of the healing for myself that has needed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Now, for your nonprofit, and I know we just started talking about that because I read up on it, but, and how far along are you on the nonprofit? Let's start with that first. Yeah. So I've gotten all my state licenses. I'm waiting for the last one where the people make donations that they can write off their taxes. So I'm waiting on that federal one. Um, I have my board selected. Um, this is really new to me. No, I've never, I can, I've done a lot starting businesses and knowing businesses, but starting nonprofits a little bit different. So um, just slowly easing into it and doing my research. Um, I want to, one piece of it is get like gently used or new equipment that I can use eventually mm-hmm. to help people start some of those and, and test things out. Um, and then finding what's going to be really the best avenues. I'm kind of just doing a lot of, looking at other organizations and what they do. Cause there are a lot of good organizations. There's a lot of veteran ones that I think are amazing. Um, so kind yeah. of looking at what structures are working for them and then what may work and how people can connect. And then, you know, obviously I'm a woman, so 
finding, like if there's other women that are going to come together, you know, what's the safest avenue for people to, you know, meet up that maybe don't know each other and things like that when you're going and hiking in the woods. Yeah. So I wanted people to feel comfortable. Um, so, it, you know, men and women together might not work for some, you know, and based on what traumas they have. So um, doing mm-hmm. a lot of studying and research and, and planning those events and would love to do this next year, looking at doing maybe a golf um, charity tournament and some things um, like that to, to kind of get some of the funding and planning and, and get some events out there. Nice. Yeah. I remember seeing this one Instagram post. It was literally of an all woman's camping trip mm-hmm. in the mountains in canvas tents in the snow <laughs> and it, the wind's blowing everything. And all I can think about with that is good Lord. I'd love to be in that. Right. <laughs> Come on ladies, let's go uh, hike and then camp in the snowstorm. Sounds like something I would come up with. <laughs> uh, I imagine you'll be doing that too. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. And, and, and finding a way um, that I can make it, you know, affordable across the board too. And um, um, that's a, a huge thing for me just because I, mm-hmm. I know, especially as a single mom, what some of the struggles can be or a single dad. So, um, you know, I want to, pay attention to those things and, and how I can find avenues to, to get people into those type of events too, that maybe couldn't afford it. Yeah. Now, is it just going to be for what is the acceptance for the nonprofit for things that you would say you're allowed in or you're not allowed, or is this just a case by case basis? Um, you know, I don't necessarily have any restrictions. I mean, I don't really know how you can bite, you know, trauma. Like I I really feel like Mm -hmm. anything that has affected somebody emotionally, mentally um, needs to be recognized. You know, I think it's a way to help people bring out their passions um, and help, you know, keep them on a healthy path going forward. um, Regardless of what it is, you know, and maybe eventually down the road, we'll, do more isolated groups, you know, if we had like rape victims or um, people that, you know, were veterans or things like that, that, you know, have seen war and um, all the various things that you could go on and on, but you you may have some more select Mm -hmm. to connect people um, with similar situations. Yep. Physical disabilities. uh, But I also, you name it basically. Yeah. I think, those are good, but I also think it's really good to learn from people that are not in the situation so we can be more receptive and empathetic for people that are going through things that we haven't gone through. Um, Cause I think that does mm-hmm. grow us as people, but I think it also makes us more aware of our own situations and blessings. You know, sometimes when I hear people's story, it really, it gives you a lot of perspective sometimes. And so, you know, people that are open to it, you know, I want to connect them, you know, with, cause you know, one may have something different, but they're like, you know, I can encourage that person, um, to get through this yeah. and, and do this and I can be their support. Um, so I think you can find that kind of balance by connecting people from different places with different situations. Right now, uh, with the nonprofit, would you be going and taking people hunting or and fishing or would it just be like, 
outdoor excursions sort of thing. D, all of the above. Um, yeah, I would love <laughs> to do fishing, hunting, skiing, golfing, um, just hiking. You know, like I said, I am open to do anything, you know, even just going and, you know, exploring or, you know, whatever people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a great at mountain biking. Um, I haven't done it really in years, but I have done it, you know, and I know there's, I did, um, earlier this year, there was a yoga event. Um, and so I was out at the yoga event, um, for project EO, just kind of connecting with my community. Um, and there's Mm -hmm. mountain bike groups and some other groups that people are involved in. Um, and so I've kind of briefly chatted with some of them about, you know, connecting people. Um, I would also big dream is to make it nationwide where we can find places where people can kind of come together and, um, these and not make it just for Southeast Idaho. You know, I, I want people to have that option everywhere. Nice. Yeah. I know a couple of reservoirs in my state, so about three, all within driving distance. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Um, I know for mountain biking, they do also have EV, uh, electric bikes i know i just butchered that one <laughs> no you can't tell i'm tired at all i know those baku bikes are amazing oh they got a lot more uh variations i know that they got the baku and then there's like three or four different uh e-bike companies that's what i was wanting to say e-bikes yeah my, my parents have some they won't give them to me but we use them every now and then I, i'd like to have one be able to keep up with my kid and my dogs. <laughs> right? All right, we're, take, we're taking the dogs for the ride. Brakes completely ate away. I either need right. a bike or a horse for hunting because I'm getting further and further in the backcountry. And it's, yeah. it's definitely hard on my body as I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah, I am 38 and I got bad feet and... Walking in the woods is very fun. I'm sure. And I want to go mountain hunting. I want to go hunt mountain hunting. It's so much eventually. Strenuous for sure. Yeah, I need to lose a few pounds. This past year, focusing on the podcast, didn't focus in on working out anymore. (laughs) So gym life took a second seat. Yeah, it's hard to fit it all in with life. Mm-hmm. So what do you see your nonprofit and your blog? Uh, what do you see yourself within the next five years? Ooh. Um, in the next five years, um, you know, I've kind of tried to navigate, like I said, this has been a crazy six months and um, definitely he- much more heavy in the blog. Um, it's kind of been, you know, I'm, I work full time too. So, you know, as I get time and try to fit it all in and, and do the adventures and stuff like that. Um, but I want that blog to definitely be going full time, have some great groups of people that I'm supporting. Um, in five years, my hope is to have a ranch, um, where I can actually have people come to and do events and, um, you know, then come from all over the world and, you know, do some week long events, um, and, and just have some 
great goodness going on in the world. You know, there's enough darkness, they say, that I just want to shed some light in the world. So, you know, I'd love to be doing this full time um, and focus mm -hmm. my life on helping others. That's definitely really where I would like to be. And, um, you know, I also feel these last few months, you know, like the more I've learned about the outdoors and um, I also feel like I have a place in, in helping our conservation because I feel like mm -hmm. the outdoors is detrimental to all of our health, that it's also our duty to protect it and, and protect the animals. And um, so I would like to get uh, more actively involved in being an advocate for that as well. Nice. Hopefully get on mediator or something like that. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> they do some right. They do some awesome stuff. So, oh, and, yeah. it, you know, I, I, I just recently. Oh, oh, you go. Now I say, you know, I'm learning a lot of these things on my own, self-taught, which I know I'm not the best at all of it. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of trying to navigate and figure things out as I go and. It's just crazy how blessed I've been and a lot of doors opening and, and just kind of mm -hmm. my path being kind of directed for me. And I'm just, I say I'm along for the ride. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Do you see yourself? And I know we're getting off a little off topic, but do you see yourself coming out East to hunt different animals versus what's out West? Absolutely. If anyone like calls me and says, Hey, you want to come home? I'm in like, I, I, when I said I'm obsessed, I'm obsessed. I love being out to hunt. I, um, am heading to Hawaii in a few months, um, to hunt. So I am super excited. Alaska is definitely on my bucket list, but, um, yeah, I'm very passionate about hunting. Like it's definitely one of my favorite things. So I want to experience, you know, what they have back east and i love taking people out for the first time to do things and experiencing that's one of my favorite things i have taught a lot of people to mm -hmm. ski and they're all way better than me but i just i love that feeling and watching somebody get excited so people back east coming out here to hunt you know i've talked to a few people and said come out and hunt with me i'd be happy to take you out so yeah yeah definitely i'm not a skier i can't move my feet so <laughs> I'd like to think I am, but some days I question that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I can't move my feet and I see all the things needed to <laughs> ski, which requires moving feet. Yes. Not me. <laughs> I'll stick to the sled, the dangerous little sled. <laughs> That's yeah. Those are dangerous. My son broke his leg twice sledding. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it was last year. I took my son out sledding. We got those, round disc sleds and oh. started losing control and we're going down this one hill in our town they got hay bales out to so you don't hit trees well the thing was full of ice oh and rather than let my son take the hit i think my other nephew was with us too as well i know it was just me and my son i literally just pulled my arm up and I just took the whole oh, impact that had to hurt that hurt like that the, hurt the Christmas vacation where they're on the discs <laughs> yeah Pla a plastic disc sliding down 260 pounds of just 
well, 260 pounds of me plus the 30 or 40 pounds my son weighs. So you got 300 pounds going downhill at about 20 mile an hour, 10, 20 mile. Doesn't matter. It still impact hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Would not recommend. No, that's why I don't sled. <laughs> that's why you, I only sled on fresh powder. Yeah. That makes a difference for sure. Uh, it was not fresh powder. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, this is why women live longer than men. We do <laughs> stupid things. This is true. This is true. But I kind of this is where I love fall into line with my boys. There you go. They come to me and say, I have this idea. Yeah. Sure, let's try it. <laughs> and that's the quote where boys will be boys. That right there. <laughs> I have a stupid idea. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. That that's how. I don't know where people can flagrate that idea with something else, but <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, what do you, you're going to Hawaii uh, in a couple months? What are you going to hunt there? Axis deer. Wow. It's been on my bucket list since I learned about them. And it's so funny how many people do not know that those exist in Hawaii. They don't even know what an axis deer is. I thought they also exist in Maryland, or I could be getting that mixed up with another one. Yeah, I'm in Texas. Texas has a lot of different animals. Yeah, I forget what they have in Maryland, then I could, I could be getting off. But Sika, it's Sika deer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maryland's Sika deer. So, yeah, you're hunting... And now I've just completely spaced it out. Where are stags at? Uh, stags. They're over in England, I think. Are they? Okay. And Oh, and I think it's also, they're a European deer. I know that. Yeah. I think that's where Sikas came from, or there was a Europe, or those are Eurasian. I don't know. There's like, there's too many deer po- uh, types out there. Uh, I'd like to get the one with the fangs. That would be way cool. Do you see yourself getting a moose in the near future then? One in a lifetime. So I don't see myself like giving up elk hunting for a year. So, um, yeah, I, and the moose in Alaska are just phenomenal. So I would really like that to, to be my Alaska hunt and caribou. I keep telling people, and I know it's probably on repeat by now, but I'll tell every guest this one is mountain goat or mountain sheep. I'm for either of them. It's mainly just to test myself going up the mountain and then back down. I'll test out whatever uh, climbing sticks anybody recommends. They're the strongest. They can hold a 200 plus pound adult male from uh, falling down. So for your Hawaiian uh, axis hunt, and I said it right, how'd you acquire the tag for that? Um. Well, I'm going with a group of women. I'm going with um, her outdoor journey. Um, She does a lot of women's events. Um, She's doing like one in Australia next year. And um, the opportunity came up and she had an opening for Hawaii. And so I said, it's been my dream. And it was Courtney is someone I would love to go in and do that with. So, um, yeah, so. I got to get my tag. Um, I have all the information to get it. So I still got to purchase my tag. Um, but the trip and the plane ticket, that's not all expenses trade. That's all. Oh, the uh, trip and the plane tickets. That's ready to go. Oh, that's all paid for. But the, yeah, but the tag wasn't paid for. 
yeah, I got to, I got to do. I can't blame you. I just signed up like a couple weeks ago. So yeah, it's all kind of happened. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I can't blame you there. I mean, if they're paying for the trip down there, I wouldn't, I'd pay for the tag. So how much does a access deer tag in Hawaii cost? I don't know yet. I haven't gone that far. It didn't look too bad. I mean, it didn't look, I mean, under a couple hundred dollars, it was looking like if what I was seeing was right. I just kind of glanced really quick one day. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, for an out of state resident, that's pretty good actually. It was, it didn't look too bad, but I could have been looking at something different. So yeah, right. Committed. So I, Uh, because either I, (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know a lot of out-of-state tags are well over a hundred dollars most of the yes, time yes yes there's a lot of states arizona is my home state and i would love to hunt elk in arizona and uh it's definitely not cheap there yeah you would think they would be like well i used to be a resident and i'm born there is that allowed yeah, i show my birth certificate it should count for something <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm trying to currently look up uh, out of state hunting lice, hunting access hunting tag for Hawaii. <laughs> okay, look at that. Don't don't give me a heart attack on air here. <laughs> right. Well, that's just good. Non-resident. Oh yeah, 105. Yeah, it, yeah. I looked quick and I was like, I don't think it was that bad. That's actually cheaper than tags in Indiana. Yeah, I'm not too sure like then again. how it's set up. Like if most of them are outfitters, the land that they're on and things like that stuff, I don't know. Um, so I'm excited to learn a little bit yeah. about that and, and how that works. Yeah, I'd like to get somebody from a nonprofit or a disabled individual from, of any kind yeah, just talk to somebody from Hawaii, get their perspective on the culture and how they approach disability and the like to see what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to know too. I'm, I'm excited to learn a little bit more how the culture approaches hunting and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those that are, are native and to Hawaii, um, as opposed to, cause I know a lot of people fly over to go hunt, but, um, you know, is it yeah. done as actively with those that, you know, are from born and raised in Hawaii? Yeah. I, uh, started this little initiative for myself, which I've been slacking on, but mainly it's, uh, I want to do a 50 state initiative. And so if anybody who's listening knows of any, extra states that I haven't hit yet, please go. I want to interview at least one nonprofit from each state. That's awesome. So hitting Hawaii would be a dream goal. I'd have to stay up really late or right to re- record with somebody or fly out there. I may have someone, so which my wife look and see. So, and I'll let you know. Right. Hey, thank you. That works. But yeah, my wife, she would not complain about going to Hawaii. <laughs> right. I'm sure. <laughs> no, that's the one place. Like, oh, Hawaii. Uh, twist my arm. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, that's uh, everybody's dream vacation be Hawaii. Yeah, absolutely. 
there's definitely some amazing places you can. Well, yeah. And fit. especially if you get it when it starts to snow. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, my dream, uh, vacation would be well with the wife only would be uh snowy mountain cabin mm. i like those yeah. that can't, can't, can't be that see the northern lights and those those little ones that are just oh. of nowhere the see-through igloos that just keep you warm i'll take any cabin in the middle of nowhere <laughs> right so you're, I always do this with guests. What is your dream hunt you really want? I know we talked about moose, caribou, but is there any other type of, and also I think we talked about mountain goat or sheep, but is there one that you really want to do eventually? Um, Honestly, axis deer and caribou have really been at the very top of my list. And probably caribou is the, the very top. Um, I just, Oh, I'm, I love Alaska. I've always said, if I go to Alaska, I may never come back. Um, would love to own some land there someday. Um, but I just, it's such a challenge. It's just such a different environment and the animals there are just, Mm -hmm. just next level. (laughs) I feel like when it comes to hunting, absolutely beautiful. I want to do that in Alaska and fly fish in Alaska. Those are, um, two major bucket list things for me. And that's another place I need to get a nonprofit from too. So do you see yourself ever going and hunting whitetail since you don't normally see those big boys over in your neck of the woods? No, we don't. I got my muleys over here. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I have not, um, people do a lot of tree stands and blinds and stuff like that, which, um, I do all pretty much spot and stock. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I am definitely game experiencing that. Yeah. Ground blind hunting is a different change of pace. You get a comfy chair. And sometimes if you do the proper blinds, you can put a heater in there, stay nice and toasty. I've cut my teeth on public land so i know the suffering from all especially wearing steel toes my first time yeah i like to i like a lot of <laughs> hiking sitting still can sometimes be rough for me um so it would definitely be a new experience yeah. for me i'm getting better at the sitting um and being yeah <laughs> oddly enough my father-in-law he's the one who got me into hunting we actually were doing uh, some spot and stocks while walking through the woods looking for deer one time on a reservoir we have nearby. And I didn't even realize it till now that, yeah, we were, we're spot and stalking in the woods. Yeah. It's a different experience, but. It really, it really is for sure. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell my listeners where to reach you and where to see your blog and everything yeah definitely um yeah my blog is just um encounter dash um outdoor.com um you can contact me through that page um you can also contact me i have a facebook and an instagram i would say more actively on the instagram um than facebook um so you can always reach out to me um through my instagram 
Um, I do my very best to read all of my messages and respond. Um, the one thing about my social media, you know, we live in a world of double taps and likes and, you know, keep scrolling. Um, I try my best to try to connect with people and talk to them, hear about their hunts and things like that. So if you have a super cool hunt or other outdoor thing that you're doing, um, have a need in your area for, um, you know, the cause that we're trying to support ideas, definitely reach out to me because, um, you know, I am passionate about people and um, I love hearing people's stories and um, want to connect more with people. Yeah. Well, thank you, Heidi, for agreeing to come on and be my guest. It's been fun. It's been great learning about why you started your nonprofit, why you started and do what you're trying to do and grow your nonprofit, grow encounter outdoors, just grow it in general and to share in the healing of the outdoors. So thank you everyone for coming on and listening and please like and share and review the podcast. I know I don't normally say this at the end, but I just know that this would be an episode you would probably want to share. So Thank you again, and remember everybody, stay adaptive.